0: Let's go ahead and pray. We'll get into our morning service and uh and then we will um, we'll get to talking about this subject matter of liberty. What liberty is about. But let's go ahead and pray first. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the time that you've given to us. I thank you again, Lord, that we have a an opportunity to uh just be here, uh to hear your word. I thank you for the country that we are in. Uh, and Lord, I know there are many, many, many failings with what's going on right now. But Lord, I do know this. We have a job still to do here. And Lord, that is to be a witness of what you've done for mankind. That ministry of reconciliation, the peace that man can have with God, the relationship that man can have with God. Lord, that we demonstrate that, that we speak it, and that, Lord, we act upon it in such a way that we can lead people to that salvation that you've so freely given. And, Lord, I pray that this morning we would just have a little bit of an understanding, a better understanding about liberty, what that is, and, Lord, how that works in our life. And the liberty that we have in this country that we should be very, very, very thankful for. But, Lord, above all, I thank you for the liberty that has made us free from the bondage of sin. And Lord, I thank you so much for saving my soul. I thank you so much for forgiving my sins. And I thank you so much for the eternal home in heaven I have in you. Thank you again for all that you've done for us, Lord. May this please you with what we do here today to worship you and to sing praises to you. And this I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen turning in your bibles to the book of isaiah isaiah chapter 61 in isaiah chapter 61 there's a messianic uh passage here uh this is uh, part of the passage that uh, jesus christ quoted uh when he was beginning his ministry um it's uh one of the uh recorded first recorded uh, passages that he was quoting, uh, so it becomes very important uh, at that part. But in Isaiah chapter sixty-one, here it talks about Christ and it is obviously going to talk about the restoration of the things to come, uh, the millennial reign of Christ. That uh, you know, obviously, right now we're not in that millennial reign, but you know, we, we want to make sure that what we're doing is we're we're doing things to to to, to please Him. To fulfill his will and his desires. But what we find in, in this passage in verse one, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of our, of the Lord, <clears throat> the day of vengeance, of our God, to comfort all that mourn, and he continues to go on, and he talks more about uh, the establishment of that uh, um, that millennial reign. But here, very clearly, he's talking about liberty to captives, and, and there's a couple of things I want us to understand about what liberty is. Liberty is being set free from bondage and oppression. Our forefathers knew this. What they were doing was 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 fighting back against bondage and oppression, and they made some very very uh prayerful decisions uh, i I dare say that if you look at the things that were written <coughs> the speeches that were made the the, the 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 things that were said about the foundation of this country, you will find that, that this country was entered into with much prayerfulness. Much concern about what the right godly thing to do is. And, and we find that this becomes the subject matter of a lot of what our country is about. They talk about Lady Liberty, a statue of liberty in the harbor. We talk about liberty as in that's what people Seek in this they seek freedom, and freedom and liberty are are similar and they are synonyms to one another, but they do have some distinct differences, but we 're going to focus on 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 liberty this morning, this word liberty, but liberty is being set free from something that is keeping you shackled in bondage and is oppressing you. And we find that as a biblical definition, not a Webster's dictionary definition, not a Merriam Webster, not 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 something else, but what we find it is a very clear biblical definition that we see that this is being a person or persons being set free from something. Turn over to the book of Galatians in Galatians chapter two, Galatians chapter two, to get an understanding a bit more about what liberty really is about. Galatians chapter 2. In Galatians chapter 2, we find in verse 4, <clears throat> we find that they have liberty, and these individuals that are coming in, in, the, in to the church at Galatia here are trying to do something. They're sending in, if you will, some spies, and it says, and because of false brethren uh, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So again, we see that the nature is, is that mankind, man as, if you will, as a creature, does not necessarily want liberty in everybody's life. The book of Galatians is a good example of this. The liberty in the, in the book of Galatians, is 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 very much the theme of the book um we find liberty as he said here in Christ not in the law but in Christ the Pharisees the judaizers that were coming into galatia were coming in for the purpose of bringing them back under control and bondage of what they were saying was what they needed to do versus what god was saying they needed to do The Pharisees made this very clear. When Christ showed up and his ministry began, they became fearful of losing their position, the Bible says, and their country. Their position came first before their country. They were more concerned about what authority they had versus anyone else. They didn't care about the countrymen. They cared more about themselves and the fact that they could lord over someone else that they could dictate what to do. And if you if you will, you can almost see the Pharisees today in a degree of some sort of a politician or lawyer that was over judges that were ruling the people. And they were ruling them in oppressive manners. They were coming after Christ's disciples because they were eating with unwashed hands. And Christ is saying, look, that's not that big of a deal. What's a big deal is your hearts are unclean. The inside of you is unclean. Now, look, I've taken microbiology, and yes, I may be considered by some to be a bit of a germaphobe and things of that nature, but I will tell you this. um, The outside is not as necessarily important as what is inside. The inside is something, and I'm not talking about your flesh and blood, heart and guts and things of that nature i'm talking about your soul and the cleansing that needs to happen there the washing by the water of the word the 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 precious blood of christ that washes us and cleanses us as white as snow is found in the first part of isaiah but here he's talking about this liberty that they have He's is, is going to be free from the bondage of anyone else that wants to bring them under some sort of legalism or laws or traditions or whatever it may be. So we find liberty is free from that bondage. These verses show us so very clearly that it is free from something that is holding us back, from that which restrains us, from that which, if you will, uh, confines us. And keeps us captive. So as we as human beings also understand that mankind wants and kind of, if you will, has this innate desire to be free. Some people call it independence. We talked about dependence this morning. We are and man has always made us to be dependent upon him. That is very clear from scripture. We are not meant to be independent of God ever. Those that are independent of God are living a Luciferian mentality, a satanic mentality, and that is humanistic in its form, and that is self, 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 self. That's all it is. And most Satanists will correct you, and they'll say, well, we don't worship Satan, we worship ourselves. We are our own gods. That's their mentality. And I'm like, well, I wonder where that came from. Well, the teachings of Satan. They're not worshiping him, they're worshiping themselves. The God of this world, sometimes we talk about that being the devil, I understand that. But I dare say that sometimes the God of the people's world is themselves. It's humanism. But in order to obtain the liberty that people eventually begin to realize they need in their life, that God has set them towards... That our founding fathers realized was something that God created us with a desire for to obtain real liberty. I'm not talking about something fictitious. I'm not talking about something, uh, again, that is in the ether. I'm not talking about something that is uh, um, uh, uh, even in a physical form. I'm talking about real liberty in in the heart. A real liberty in the soul. Real liberty, in order to have that, in order to obtain it, there are certain things that have to happen. There are certain elements that must be present in 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 if you will, turn to second Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter three. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter three. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter three, and in verse seventeen. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. Notice that I want you to, I want you to think about this phrase. This is very similar to what God was talking about or Jesus Christ was talking about, uh, with Nicodemus and also with, uh, with the woman at the well, that, that God has to be worshiped as a spirit because he is, and that spirit is capitalized too. So if anybody ever questions about whether or not the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, well, it says the Lord is that Spirit with a capital S. And it says, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that is, if you will, the whole book of Galatians, if you will, summarized. Because we find him talking about walking in the flesh versus walking in the Spirit. We find him talking about uh, the fruit of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. We find it is very much talking about spiritual versus physical, fleshly oriented. And it talks about the liberty that they have in Christ. And it can only be found in Christ. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 4, it said it was found only in Christ. So here we find it, and it says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, is there is liberty. So the very first thing that we have to understand is that without God, there is no liberty. Without God, there is no liberty. Meaning if you want liberty in your life, the only way you can have it is through Jesus Christ. You can't find it in yourself it comes as a necessary means here uh with the spirit working in a person's life that, that that real liberty is going to exist it is unattainable without him you know i talk about love and and and, and god talks about what love is and the definition of love it says god is love over in first john so i always make it clear that if somebody wants to enter into a relationship with somebody and they say oh i love you God had better be part of that. Okay? All marriages that please the Lord, and that is the only means of definition of a successful marriage. Okay? I want to make that very clear. Some people have this idea of what they think a successful marriage is. (coughs) A successful marriage is this. You have pleased God with it. You've pleased God with it. Not you please your partner. Not that the world looks at you and goes, oh, such a loving couple. No. I have no idea where that came from. (laughs) That freaked me out. (laughs) But moving on. (laughs) But that's what the world looks at. They, they they view it and they have a different mentality of what they think love is. God has to be part of it. That changes a lot of what the world thinks about love. But love is love. No, love is God. God is love. So it's kind of hard to love if God's not present. You can have, again, a similitude of some things. It can look like it. It can be kind of, sort of, almost there. But look, it's not 100% pure. Christians should desire purity in his his or her life, right? Absolutely. 100% pure. If I was to hand you something, I was to hand you a drink and say, "Oh, it's 99% pure. You know, you ever read that? It says that on the bottle? 99% pure water. What's the other part? <laughs> Trace minerals and elements. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Cause the other part I was a little, getting a little scared. Because all it takes is one organism in your body to just make your day a miserable day. One misplaced bacteria that decides to migrate outside of its territorial Zone, and you're going to have a world of hurt. But here we are, you know, we want purity. If I want love, if I want to love my wife the way that I should love my wife, the way that she wants to be loved, it should be love according to the Word of God, and it should involve God. I should love God more than I love my wife. Absolutely, 100%. God should be first. If God is not first in a person's life, then you need to ask yourself a real big question: Is that really love, or is it lust? And I dare say a lot of it is the latter. God's got to be there. So with love, just like liberty, I want you. To, I want to read something. In a charter of privileges granted by William Penn to the province of Pennsylvania in seventeen oh one, it is recited No people can truly or no people can be truly happy uh, through uh, under the greatest employment of civil liberties if abridged of their religious profession and worship. And he goes on and he makes it very clear that that uh, uh, um that he's talking about god he's talking about god when they were talking about uh, uh, you know religious profession and worship uh you know in today's day and age sometimes we lump a lot of things that are in there uh let's make it very clear there was a lot of people that were saying no the only religion that we're talking about is the christian religion our country. And there are quotes, and again, you know, afternoon service, I'll, I'll, I'll go through some of those, and you'll begin to see that what we have today is not what we started with. And it was actually warned against by multiple people. Even William Penn, where a lot of Quakers were, and, 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 and individuals were there, that, that, that claimed they claimed they loved the Lord, they realized the need that the, the liberties that they had were liberties that could only be had if God was present in their day-to-day lives. You Don't get me wrong. This country, the way this government works, the way it operates at its highest and most efficient is if God is at the center of it. We're like, well, that kind of offends a lot of other people. I get it. They got it too. But again, it's not about pleasing people. It's about pleasing God. <clears throat> you know, His Spirit must be allowed to work in our lives, must be allowed to plant the seed of the Word of God. Must be allowed to get that seed to grow in our life that that is what i 'm talking about when we read that verse it says now where the spirit uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty if god 's spirit is not present, we are not going to have the liberty that we need if we are not endeavoring to listen to the word of God, to hear the spirit, to hear what he te- is teaching us and telling us, and, and having him yield fruit in our lives, then we're really not at liberty like we think we are. I want to take a look at a second thing. That being said, turn over to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119. <clears throat> The concepts of liberty to our founding fathers were found in this book. The concept of liberty and what they saw was found in the word of God. Not in some humanistic doctrines. Not in some Islamic doctrines. Not in Buddhist doctrines. None of those things. It was found in the doctrines of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of the Word of God. As taught. Psalm chapter 119 in verse 45, it says, I will walk and I will walk at liberty. For I seek thy precepts. In order for us to continue in liberty, once we've received that at salvation, the liberty from, from the, from sins and, and the, the punishment of sins. And let's talk about it. When we say the word saved, we're talking about saved from the, from death. Not physical death, but we're talking about the second death. An eternal lake of fire. That's what we're saved from. So when somebody says, well, what do you mean by saved? I'm saved from burning forever. Praise God for that. I don't want that. And God saves us. He saves us from that. He saves us from that torment. He saves us from that separation. He saves us from those things. And praise God for it. So when I say I'm saved, that's what I'm saved from. But when we look at this here and and, and we realize what he's talking about, we're talking about continuing liberty after salvation, after we have received that to continue in this liberty, it means that we have to continue to search in our Christian life. And you know what that means? We have to search for the will of God. We have to search for his direction. Look at what he says here. He says, and I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. Here we are looking at this verse. And just like we saw with the other one, if God's not present, then liberty can't be. But when God's present, liberty will be there. If God's in your life, liberty will be there. Here we are looking at the word of God and it says, if I am continuing in his precepts, What he tells me to do, what he tells me to do, I will be at liberty. I will tell you this. A person that has a problem with authority, a person that is rebellious in heart and rebellious in spirit, is not a person that's at liberty. Usually what happens with those people is they wind up in bondage. Sometimes it's prison, but many times it's bondage of substance abuse. Abuse of alcohol, abuse of narcotics, abuse of illicit drugs, even if we call them legal. God doesn't want you smoking that or eating that. But well, what we find is we find that those that are rebellious against the things that God's put there in his direction, in his paths, in what he wants, in his will, in all of the his directions, guess what happens? Those people that are rebellious against those things, they're going to find themselves in bondage. In bondage to other people. In bondage and debt. In bondage in in bad relationships. In bondage in... in I mean, I, I, the list could go on, right? But when we think about what's going on here in this passage, the psalmist is saying, look, as long as I am seeking out his precepts, I'm going to be walking in liberty. As long as I continue down that path that God's direction has given me, As long as I'm trusting him to give me that direction according to Proverbs 3. Then I am going to be found in liberty. I am not going to be held captive by anything. I am not going to be confined. I am not going to be restrained. I mean, all of that stuff is evident in Scripture. You know, some people are, are you know, in, in bondage of, of you know, trying to find good jobs and stuff like that. and And some people, they can't find good jobs. And the reason they can't find good jobs is because they can't keep one. And the reason they can't keep one is because they don't know how to do the job according to the way the boss wants it. I mean, let's just think about this just for a second. Here he is very specifically talking about this, and he says, you know, you're seeking the precepts of God. A precept is something that you are told to do beforehand. This is how it's to be done. Now do it. It's not the instruction along the way. It's this is how it's to be done. This is the way the process works. It's a legal term. Precept. And when we realize that God's telling us this is how we're supposed to do it, somebody that rebels against something where he talks about how we're supposed to be good employees, good servants, somebody that rebels against that, guess what happens? They struggle to find a job. They struggle financially. They struggle with all sorts of stuff. Causes strains in other parts of other people's relationships with them. But if they would just yield to what God tells them to do, then it opens the door for liberty. Otherwise, they're confined. They've confined themselves. They've brought themselves again into bondage. So the first thing we see is that God has to be present. The next thing that we see is the word of God also must be present. If We want to continue in liberty. Word of God has to be present. The reason why we lose liberties here in this country is because the word of God is not present in this country. Good grief. Sometimes it's not even present in pulpits. not present in homes it's not present in people's day-to-day lives that's the problem spirit of God isn't dwelling with people in and his, his his word isn't in their lives and they don't have liberty they don't have liberty turn over to the book of James book of James James chapter 1 James chapter one. <clears throat> I love this verse, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James 1.25 makes it pretty clear. You know, James is kind of gets right in your face about stuff. He doesn't really dance about the issue too much. He just walks up and whack, slaps you. But here he is, he says, look, you got to look into the perfect law of liberty. Perfect law of liberty. I like that because you know what? In order for liberty to really exist, it has to be bound by law. Liberty is not anarchy. Liberty has to have boundaries. That's what the Constitution was written for. That's what the Bill of Rights was written for. In order for people to have liberty, we had to put boundaries on what the government could and could not do. Before we start running around and saying, well, that's my right, that's my right. Let's understand, those Bill of Rights were put there to limit the government. So yeah, in order for liberty to exist, boundaries must be present. Think about it. God hasn't given us a liberty to sin. He said, God forbid. So we can't do whatever we want to do. That's not liberty. That's anarchy. That's humanistic anarchy. That's satanic. I am my own God. Humanism to the max. You know what it leads to? Total and utter chaos and debauchery. Go look at Genesis chapter 6. Because isn't it interesting right after Noah gets off the ark, God puts in a form of government. With the very first law, capital punishment. Get a control of murder. That'll stop murders. If murderers are their life is ended, then okay. Well, we need to. If God said a life for a life, blood for blood, and I'm and again according to legal prescription, if you will. According to legal process, according to evidence and things of that nature, well, we might accidentally, um, yeah, okay, get it. Then, then let's make sure we do our due diligence with with everything. Let's make sure that we've got the right person. Let's make sure that we don't brush evidence under the, the you know under the rug for the sake of a confession or a conviction. Let's make sure we got the right guy. Start there. But here we are looking at this, and he says, you know what? Liberty is going to require a person to listen and obey for its blessings to be realized. That's what this verse is. This is teaching us that liberty, in order for its blessings to be realized, you have to, one, listen, two, obey. Isn't that what he says right there? He says, but whoso looketh under the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein. What does it say? He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know what? There's a lot, there's a lot to, to, to really get into that verse because you start realizing that, okay, you want to be blessed in what you do. You want it to be a blessing. You don't want it to be a curse or a cursing. If you want to, if you want to curse people and you want to have people cursed, then there's something wrong with your heart. Okay. Let's just start there. And I would dare say that is a person that has forgone wisdom and loves death. But when we look at what scripture is telling us here, he's saying, if you look into the perfect law of liberty and you're continuing in this law of liberty and you realize what liberty is, that Christ has set you free from the burden of sin. Christ has set you free from the consequences of sin. Christ has set you free for the purpose of eternal life and a relationship with him. And you realize that liberty and you look into that liberty and you realize that that's a perfect law. That's a perfect law. I dare say today, one of our main problems in the United States of America is we don't have perfect laws. There are still places in this country, it is illegal to walk down the street with an ice cream sandwich in your back pocket. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Why? Who cares? But for some reason, there's a law. I wouldn't call that a perfect law. I would say that's common sense. But, you know, whatever, you know, to each their own, I guess. But perfect law. The perfect law of spiritual God-given liberty. You look into that, you're going to find two things that you cannot forget what you've heard. You cannot forget what you've heard. I I talk about it. It's a great book. Charles Spurgeon wrote a book for young people. It's called A Great Start. I think every young person should read it. I think every aged person should also read it. I read it late in life and I was like, ooh, this is good. And he talks about how people are blessed. Young people that are here in this church, that have grown up in this church, you're blessed. If you don't think you're blessed, if you, if you think you've been slighted or maligned because your, your parents were Christians or they tried to do what was right, then man, look, you, you've got some ungratefulness and malcontentment in your heart you got to take a look at it. You guys are getting ready to go out on your own and you have, quote-unquote, liberty. It's not liberty to do whatever you want to do. It's never been that way. Your parents will tell you that. Parents have a liberty to do whatever they want to do? Any Any person in here have a job that their boss has told them, quote-unquote, you have liberty to do whatever you want to do. Meaning you can show up, not show up. You can do a good job, you can do a bad job, you can do whatever you want to do, but you'll still get paid. Anybody have anybody? Anybody? Please, for the, if if somebody has ever been told that, I would like to have somebody at least raise their hand once and say, "Yeah, my boss paid me regardless, so even if I didn't show up to work." I don't believe like, can I get a job? <laughs> Depends on how much the pay is, right? Look, no, it doesn't work that way. They got responsibilities. You know what those responsibilities are called? Children. You're like, well, they don't have children yet. Yeah, they're called bills. (laughs) You know, these people, young people, sometimes get this idea of, well, I'm going to go live off on my own. Okay, Just, just remember. There's that lovely guy called Bill that comes around many times a month asking for money. <coughs> and he's not a bum on the side of the road. <laughs> and he wants more of it. It seems like he's asking more of it every single day. And you're like, and then you get sick, and then all of a sudden his other brother, Bill, shows up. <laughs> you're like, where are all these bills coming from? And you're like, hmm. <coughs> But the end result is is that we have to remember what we heard. You guys have been so blessed. You have had a good foundation given to you. That whole book, good start, is all about the good foundation that Christian or that the, the the people of God had in scripture uh that started off young and what they did and what choices they made. And here it was, it was given to to young believing uh, um uh, 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 people for the purpose of them understanding that concept. So we have to have that same concept. We've been given so much. If you've been in church for one year, you have, you have, you have a lot that's been given to you. You have a lot. Don't be a forgetful hearer. The very first part of liberty is remembering. The very first part of liberty in this passage is remembering. And the reason why we lose liberties today is because people don't remember. They don't remember sacrifice. They don't remember what people wrote 200 years ago. They don't remember why this country was founded in the first place. They don't remember history. But God says really clearly right here, you look into that perfect law of liberty, you know what you're going to find? You shouldn't be a forgetful hearer. And next to that is you should also be a doer. If you're sitting in a church service, you hear something God telling you to do, do it, do it. Part of the issue is is we don't you know Paul talks about that over in Romans chapter seven about what we do and what we shouldn't do and what you know the fight between that and all of that but 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 what God's asking us to do here. He's asking us to remember what we heard and to do what we heard. You know what that means? That means that God has given us commandments. God has given us instructions. Liberty has instructions. Liberty has an instruction manual. I want to take a look at the fourth thing here and go over to two passages. Let's go to first Peter first, because we're in the general neighborhood here. First Peter chapter two. And, uh, Second here, I think I might have written down something wrong. Just hold on a second, and check on things. yeah, I did uh uh, first Peter chapter two, and I want you to take a look at verse sixteen as free. Are you free this morning? Are you saved? Okay, good. Are you free? All right, there you go. (laughs) As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. So we see liberty has to be used correctly. Liberty has to be used correctly. Keep that thought in mind. And I want you to go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 now. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And again, just to remind you, this is where the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit are found. Galatians chapter 5. And in verse 13, it says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. So here's the important thing to remember about liberty. Here's a reason why America is struggling right now. Because we think liberty is for us. What do I mean by that? Um, <clears throat> liberty is not about me and my. Liberty is about others. Liberty has always been about others. Jesus Christ was dying on the cross. He was thinking about you. Those men and women gave their lives on foreign battlefields or here even in this own country during civil war they were thinking about their their countrymen their family their friends their town folk who they were fighting for liberty is not about self liberty isn't about the individual what it is is it's Liberty is about serving. Now I read the stuff that our founding fathers wrote, and you realize that they were serving others, not serving themselves. Right. You know the common rewrite of history is is that they were you know self indulged uh slave masters that only cared about their own business, and that's the reason why they formed these because they cared more about capitalism than they cared about people. Don't believe that garbage. Go read the quotes yourself before they're deleted. <laughs> before before the books are stashed away somewhere else. Read about it. Read about it. Liberty is to be used to serve. He says right there, he says, you know, it's not to be used as a cloak of maliciousness in the other passage, but here he very clearly says it's not to be used for an occasion to the flesh, your own flesh, but by love serve one another. And that's why I mentioned love earlier. Liberty and love are are connected. Why? Because they're both from God. And you cannot have them without Him. But liberty is not a self-indulgent action. Liberty is not to heap upon ourselves things that please us. But it is about serving other other people. This, this idea and the concept that it's, that it's all about me and my liberty and my freedoms and my rights, those are things that people don't understand about what liberty really is. The fourth thing that we see here is that, you know, liberty is for other people. It's not about what I get to do. It's about what do I do for someone else. person that says my liberty is I get to go out and be free to do whatever I want to choose to do doesn't understand that the liberty according to the Word of God is no, you are free to go out and give and help and love and care and encourage and edify and support others with the purpose of charity at heart. Selflessness. Real liberty is selfless. You know, a country uh, that has liberty is, is not made of a bunch of individuals. But it's, as, as many people have written, it's kind of a consortium of people that have come together for the help of bettering others. The United States has a me problem. It has a humanist problem. It has a, a I am my a God unto myself problem. It has an abandonment of God. Real liberty is what our founding fathers realized could only be found in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> in 1832 in the constitution of the state of Mississippi, it was written no person who denies the being of a God or a future state of rewards and punishments shall hold any office in the civil department of this state, religion, morality and knowledge being necessary to good government, the preservation of Liberty and the happiness of mankind schools and the means of education shall ever be encouraged in this state. Wow. That's pretty bold. And by the way, when it says in there, denies the being of a God, that, that, that that's a capital G, by the way. Because that's who they were giving the whole credit to. And that's what they were talking about. They didn't want an atheist. They didn't want a God denier. They didn't want somebody that didn't believe in heaven and hell. They wanted somebody that would be believing that, to be governing them, to be teaching them, to be leading them. Because they realized it was necessary for the continuance of liberty. When we think about this, I mean, here we are on July 3rd. Tomorrow is Independence Day. Tomorrow, we're all going to be busy, that are going to be here. We'll hopefully get a chance to enjoy some of it. But I really honestly can't think of a better thing to do on Independence Day than to serve someone else. Because that's what this country was about. that's what this country started as because our founding fathers believed in the Bible and they believed in Jesus Christ. and they realized these four things: you can't have liberty without God, you can't have liberty without continuing in his word and seeking His will and direction. You can't have liberty if you uh, um, don't listen and you don't obey. You'll never realize it's blessings. And you can't have liberty if it's all about you, about self. Liberty is a complex thing. It's a fragile thing. Which is why it requires the preservation of an almighty God. Let's keep that in mind this season. Keep this in mind for today and tomorrow. As I said for our afternoon service, I'm going to read a couple of things uh, that, that some of these people said. And you'll realize, man, these guys were more genuine than Christians today. Maybe that's part of the problem. But I want to say this. I am so eternally grateful and thankful that I live in this country. I don't want to put the country on a pedestal. I don't want to lift the country up. I don't want to lift freedom and liberty up. I want to lift up the name of my God who made it possible the one who brought this about, the one who the founding fathers sought diligently in their day-to-day life. Let's remember this. Tomorrow isn't about a country. Tomorrow is about what God did. We need to remember that as believers. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You again for this time. Thank You again, Lord, for an opportunity to read from Your Word, to learn from it. And Lord, I pray we learn something about liberty. I pray, Lord, that we learned about what it is To truly have that real liberty that only comes by you. I pray, Lord, that as we continue to live this Christian life, we'll realize what great liberty we have. We'll realize by whose authority it is, it's yours. And Lord, may we seek to please you. May we seek to do your will. May we seek to go after what you have told us to seek in this life. Lord, may we please you with all that we have. Thank you again for what you've done for us. And, Lord, I pray we continue to think about this throughout this day and throughout tomorrow and throughout our lives, Lord, that it would guide us and direct us. That, Lord, we would not be forgetful hearers, but we would be doers. May we be found continually walking in liberty because we are seeking you. And I ask and pray this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.